Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everybody and welcome to the Manchester is Red podcast brought to you by the Manchester Evening News. My name is Dan Murphy and on this very, very windy day I'm also joined by Safe and Side Indoors, hopefully, is Mr Samuel Lucas. Samuel, how's it going? Very well, thank you Dan. Very well. Mm-hmm. Sheltered as well, fortunately. There's, there's no yeah. wind getting in just yet. Yeah. All the windows are boarded up uh, over where you are as well, I hope, Mr Richfield. Yeah, I'm I'm shuttled down for the weekend, like I said, but the sun's shining when you're on the podcast, Dan, so it, it doesn't feel like we're in the middle of a storm. I do try. Well, there's certainly there's a storm in the air and there might even be a storm, potentially, who knows, within the Manchester United dressing room. Ralph Rangnick was kind of um, had a couple of questions posed to him today in his press conference ahead of the game against Leeds on Sunday, gentlemen. And it kind of concerns the growing speculation around the captaincy issue at the club between Maguire and Ronaldo, he, Rangnick, as well as Maguire himself earlier on Friday, absolutely rubbished any um, of reports. Rangnick called it absolute non- absolutely nonsense, said it was never an issue for him. He's never talked to any player about um, potentially changing the armband or giving it to anyone else. Samuel, um, it's good that I suppose everyone's on a united front, but it's a little concerning that stories of this ilk continue to kind of trickle out here and there. Yeah, that's, that's a fair way of putting it, definitely. And there have been certainly issues with, with the leadership this season. I think they were kind of predictable, really, as soon as they, they re-signed Ronaldo. He's the captain of Portugal. He, he captained United when he was 23 years of age. Uh, he, he is a, a leader um, in, in every sense, really. You, you saw what he did at the, the uh, Euro 2016, those those snippets of him telling João Moutinho to take a penalty, the, the full-time speech after beating France in the final. His, his leadership is renowned and he's done it at the, very, um, at, at the very top as well. He's done it on the biggest stage. With Maguire, I, I think there's always been an, an element of unease among sections of the United fan base, be it you know very different sections of the United fan base as well. You've got the matchgoers, the, the, the Mancunians, who pro- probably feel a bit of unease about the Yorkshireman leading the club. And then you've got the online section who, certainly a, 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 fa- a faction of it anyway, d- do not like the fact that a lot of English players play for an English football club, which is quite peculiar. But in terms of this season, Maguire's been a walking disaster for the majority of it. His form has nosedived. There is frustration, I think, among United fans that he seems to reserve his best form for England rather than United. You saw how brilliant he was at the European Championship. I don't think he really put a foot wrong the moment he came into the England team, having having missed the first couple of games there. But the Ronaldo factor does date back to to Solskjaer's last week's as, as manager of United, the, the feelings I've addressed in room then, as, as, as I wrote at the time, was that Ronaldo was doing a very, very good job of holding the dressing room together, uh, telling players to, to maintain commitment, to, to maintain focus, keep playing for the manager, even though things were going south and were not going to improve. R- Ronaldo was quite open about his reservations uh, regarding Solskjaer and really, I think, the presence of Ronaldo 
got Solskjaer out earlier than, than he might otherwise have gone. Um, I know you can talk about parallel universes if, if Ronaldo wasn't there and what would Solskjaer's fate have been. But there was a lot of pressure from his agent, George Mendes, on the United board to you know take decisive action and, and remove Solskjaer. And eventually they did. And that, was, that accounted for those stories about Zinedine Zidane being linked with the United job. Even though that was a non-starter, he was he was never he's not under consideration. He wasn't under consideration earlier in the season to manage United, but that was kind of the code for you know Mendes, Gestifu, um, his his agency putting pressure on United uh, to, to change manager. Even though Ronaldo was almost single-handedly keeping Solskjaer in a job a little bit longer than than everybody expected at the time, and so I, I just think that. It's come to the point now where Rangnick seems to have put it to bed uh, for the rest of the season because he said that Maguire will be captain for the remainder of the season. For the next manager, they have got to make decisive... There has to be decisive action there with the captaincy. Um, it, it feels a stretch for Maguire's season to to really improve to a level where he can go into next season having the full confidence of the supporters and the new manager and new staff as Manchester United captain. And there are two credible candidates to uh, to assume the captaincy. Ronaldo is obviously one of them. If you're thinking more long-term, then Bruno Fernandes stands out because he has captained United before. He is the de facto vice-captain in that whenever Maguire doesn't play, uh, Fernandes seems to take on the, uh, the captaincy. Uh, he, he, he's on teammates' cases. He's got the right mentality. Uh, and, and his effectiveness during his time at United has been extremely impressive. He's one of their most important players and he plays in an area of the pitch where he is going to be um, in, in dialogue quite often with the referee as well, if you want to extend it to, to influencing the referee as, as United obviously uh, tried in midweek with the Lewis Dunk decision. So that, that situation, although it's been put to bed for the remainder of the season, it is going to resurface um, at some point in the near future, probably when the next manager is unveiled at their introductory press conference. Hmm. Yeah, it definitely feels like one that's going to bubble. You know, hopefully it's put to bed for now, as you say, and doesn't disrupt any more from the season. Which you know, last thing United need is more off-field distractions when they're you know competing for the top four space and hopefully trying to advance in the Champions League. Um, we'll actually come back to um, you know the, the, the actual issue of Maguire being captain itself in a moment. But Rich, I just want your take on the uh, speculation of the last few days and weeks. And, you know, it's not the first, and it probably won't be the last of these sort of stories kind of trickling out of Carrington. There was the issue of um, apparently people being, or players being un unhappy with Rangnick's methods, you know, as they are of every single manager they've had for the last um, decade. Um, it's a bit of a well-worn story at this stage. But, yeah, what's your take been on the, the, the stories that have leaked over the last few days and weeks? Like you said there yourself, Dan, these stories come out whenever United aren't performing on the pitch. I mean, we talk about storms, it's more like a storm in a teacup again. United don't win matches and all of a sudden there's a mini crisis. And, you know, whenever United don't win a game, it is amplified beyond belief compared to any other side. That's just the nature of the club that, you know, they're an elite club. That's what happens. But for me, it's all been a bit sort of pinch of salt, pinch of salt with it because you know that if United, you know, in the next couple of weeks beat City, then there's got to be happiness. It's got to be smiles all around again. And they'll be believing that, you know, there is a positive future still this club can have. It can, it can change so quickly. The issue is really just that United haven't been playing well on the pitch, haven't been beating teams that they should be sweeping aside. And as a result of that, players are naturally going to be unhappy because 
they might try and change the rhetoric a bit now, but United were meant to challenge for the se- for the title this season. You know, we said that last year that they need to be within touching distance of City and Liverpool. You know, they are miles and miles away at the moment, and they spent so heavily last summer that you can understand why why there is frustration on that part. In terms of Maguire, I mean, it, it is refreshing now that we've got a United manager who, when he speaks at a press conference, actually believe what he's going to say. Like, you know, I mean, Solskjaer was was just too hypocritical with some of his comments. And I know he's probably trying to protect his players too much when he could have thrown them under a bus at times. But Ranić, you know, he's he only has sort of short-term vision here. So for him himself, he doesn't really want to disrupt, disrupt things even further. Fractured if you're so publicly outing the captain and stripping him of the of the armband. But like Samuel said, I do think there is an issue, not only in terms of Maguire's sort of performances of late, you know, he just hasn't been good enough. He hasn't been playing like the captain of Manchester United. But this is someone who he's his only sort of major honour is winning the playoffs with Hull. And he's the one telling Champions League winners and World Cup winners what to do. That you know, there, there is just going to be some sort of authority issues there because you'll be saying, "Well, who's this guy to be chapping? It's sort of telling me what to do." You know, I've won the World Cup, and you know that's partly why United do just need to win a trophy. Obviously, that's highly unlikely this season, but United needs someone who who can not only lead by example, but who's got the sort of back catalogue as well to to back himself up. And for me, Harry Maguire doesn't quite have that. Like Samuel said. It's, it's going to probably rumble on to the end of the season, but for Ranić, there's no point disrupting things even further. It's something for the new permanent manager to take care of when he's got that chance for a clean cut and he can have that fresh slate and he can do whatever he wants and it won't be questioned. He won't have these past relationships to worry about or certain players to keep on side. He can just do what he wants. Yeah, absolutely. But I was thinking to myself just while you were talking, like, did, was there any of this sort of issue with Ronaldo at Madrid? I was like, no, because Ramos was the captain, you, you know, or Ixias was the captain, or maybe Raul in his first um, year. Like, There's no disputing what those sort of players have done and won everything they can. The, as you say there, they have the, the authority and maybe the respect of all the peers that Ronaldo maybe didn't need to feel like he deserved to be the leader. And you know, He might not be the only one who feels he has a, a bit at the armband. But Samuel, does this kind of problem maybe derive from it might have been a bad decision on Solskjaer's part in the first place to name Maguire captain. I think he did so after Young departed for Inter in the January transfer window. And he did so. Maguire hadn't even been at the club um, a full season yet. He'd come on an £80 million deal and hadn't exactly... Well, not I don't, I, from as far as I recall, I don't think he was terrible in his first few months. But he hadn't, I don't think he'd lived quite up to the... The price tag, and you know, still hasn't. Was that, a, and you know, when you had David De Gea there at the time, who'd captained the club before, maybe not the best to have a goalkeeper as captain, but there were definitely more senior and seasoned United players who could have taken that decision. Maybe Maguire so soon, it just kind of added to the pressure of his price tag. Where you know, he's coming, I think he's had good games, I should say, he's still been good for England, but he seems very streaky for a centre back. His troughs are low and his. Um, his peaks are really high. It just feels like the decision in the first place to name Maguire the captain, maybe just because he just spent a lot of money, but he's the centre-back. He was the player who was always going to start, regardless, back in Solskjaer's days. That's maybe why he gave it in, because De Gea wasn't even a guaranteed then. But now, looking back, it maybe was the wrong decision to do so. It, it was certainly premature, and I think a lot of people said that at the time, but he was... Solskjaer's um, major signing, they, they'd spent £80 million on him. You knew that as long as he was fit, he was going to start every week. He, he's playing in a position where it's certainly fashionable for English clubs to to appoint the captain there. I mean, just in 
when I started watching football, Steve Bruce, Tony Adams are the names that come to mind. Uh, John Terry obviously inherited the role at Chelsea. I think it's still the area where most fans would, would like to have their captain play. And you've, you've tried the strikers at times and obviously England are doing that at the moment with with Kane, but his role seems slightly different. And it's, it's, it's just a very, very different setup in England. They talk about having a leadership group there where Connor Cody's part of it. And every time, people, obviously, an England squad announcement comes along and Cody's in it, people are asking, why the hell is Connor Cody in it? He doesn't even play that well for Wolves. He can only play one in the back three. But it's because Southgate values his his leadership and, and his mentality and, and his input into what England needs to do to to finally win win a trophy. And to an extent, it has been it has been vindicated. But as, I mean, you raise a relevant point with Maguire in terms of his form. I think in his first season, his best performance was on his debut against Chelsea, and then you probably had to go until maybe Everton away last season, which was in November time, for him to produce a performance that was equal to that, if not better than than that performance on his debut. So his form doesn't really back it up. He, he has leadership characteristics. I mean, behind closed doors games last season, he was by far and away the loudest United player. Um, but still, th- there are there are limitations there that he probably doesn't influence a referee as much. I, I mean, we're talking about that. United got a little bit of stick in the week and they've got an FA charge for surrounding the referee over the, the dunk challenge. But I think a lot of supporters were quite reassured by that. And you couldn't really blame them for reacting the way they did. They were told three days earlier by their manager that they weren't nasty enough. And Paul Scholes said there wasn't enough of a work ethic at the club. They've they've been slated by supporters left, right and centre. And they wanted to show how desperate they were to win. And it's, it was a very natural instinct. And I don't think they, I mean, they've not had as much problem as they might have done um, if, if it was a more high profile game, perhaps. But still, some were trying to draw a comparison with the, the infamous Andy Durso incident in, in 2000 when Roy Keane and Yapstan literally looked like they were about to bite his head off. But United need more of that mouse about them. And Maguire, for such a physical and aggressive centre-back, he can be a little lightweight at times um, in, in that sense. And he, although he is volleyball, he doesn't do it effectively enough. Jordan Henderson is not a particular... I mean, he's not a hard man. He's not massively aggressive, I would argue. But he chips away at referees. He's always in referees' ears. And that does have an influence from time to time. Now, going back to the midweek decision, United, that, that same referee last year, Solskjaer told United after it um, because he, he'd made a bad call or an incorrect call against Sheffield United. Solskjaer told them to be more streetwise. So that's also probably in the player's mind where they come up against this referee and they think, well, we went too, too easy on him last season. We need, to be, we need to be at him more this time. And if they just accepted the yellow card, there's no way the very are just you know, decides to intervene there. They probably think, well, nobody's making a fuss about this. Let's just let the game continue. That's that's it, done and dusted. That that system can be manipulated. But United do not do that often enough. And marginal gains has become a cliche in, in sport and a bit of a dubious one as far as cycling is concerned. But it does seem quite commonplace in football now. And I just don't think Maguire imposes himself well enough. But it does come down to credibility. And... Unfortunately for him, United chose to outspend Manchester City and Liverpool on their sen- their transformative centre-back signings. And Maguire has not had a transformative effect. So although he's, also, although he's partly judged 
in comparison to what Ruben Diaz has done at City and what Virgil van Dijk has done at Liverpool, he is expected to have a major influence at United and it's just not been influential enough. And I suppose it says it all that probably during his time at United, the one time where you could say it feels like he's a world-class defender was when he wasn't playing last season in the running because they did miss him. They they had some, some bad defeats. Uh, the Liverpool game springs to mind when they lost 4-2 and they conceded a pretty poor goal in the Europa League final. Um, so, you know, th- th- they can miss Maguire when he's not there. But certainly this season when he has been there, he's... It's just he's just been a walking disaster too often, and and he's very very fortunate not to have been outright dropped. Mm-hmm. Well, I th- I think if the unfortunate incident with Lindelof's um, family getting burgled and stuff hadn't have happened, it wouldn't surprise me. Varane and Lindelof, I know Varane's missed the last game as well. If there hadn't been disruptions for both of them, I do think Lindelof and Varane would be the partnership that have played the last few games, and we may well see that coming soon in the games to come. Rich, let's, let's like fast forward to the summer. A new manager's come in. It is that his first welcoming press conference, as Samuel mentioned. I doubt he'd be making a decision on his first day, but do you, if you're the new manager, do you keep Maguire as captain or do you you know give it to Fernandez, Ronaldo or any other candidate that um, Samuel mentioned? Do you want the long answer or do you want me to just say no? You, you, you take the arm <laughs> off. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's, uh, how long do you want this podcast to last is the question. <laughs> well, I was going to say something though as well, that in terms of the Maguire-Varane um, partnership, I'm pretty, I looked at the stats the other day. They've only actually lost one game. United only lost one game when they've both started together this season. So they maybe aren't as bad a partnership as, as some people do actually think. You know, I mean, Varane makes United 10 times better and all, all United's humiliating defeats have come when Varane's not been in the side. I mean, yeah. that's a, someone else who's won the World Cup, someone else who is a Champions League winner. Again, it brings me on to my earlier point that just for me, I think United need to have someone who is not only vocal, but who has that back catalogue of winning, someone who is a serial winner. Because at the moment, United's captain sort of sums them up as a club. It's all talk, a lot of money spent, but they don't win anything. And if United actually want to be a team who are credible, challenging for trophies, surely the person who is at the sort of the face, the poster boy of that, needs to be someone who is symbolic of winning trophies themselves. So, you know, it could change depending on who United signed this summer. And like, like you both said there as well, Maguire's one of these players who can hit a, a real purple patch. And it wouldn't be a surprise maybe if he did have maybe one month coming up, particularly in some of these big games where he does have that statement. He stands up and he proves just just how good he can be. Because, you know, there is... It's not a fluke that he was in the year of being championship t- team of the tournament. He was amazing. He did hit that world-class ceiling, but he's, he's fallen back down from it again. And, you know, I think... Surely, especially if you're the captain, you've got to just relish this criticism. You've just got to take it on your back and say, like, well, I'm just going to prove everyone wrong and it's going to just mean so much more when I finally do it. But at the moment, you know, it's just looking like he's crumbling under the weight of that a bit. And like you said as well, the, the price tag certainly adds to that. But for myself, I said it in the last answer as well, that if you get a new manager this summer, you've got that excuse for the, for the clean break. You can have that, that fresh start. And for me, that should come from the captaincy as well. But I also think that, to a degree, who wears the armband is maybe a bit overemphasized in modern football mm-hmm. because 
you can make Bruno Fernandes the captain. It doesn't mean United will be any higher in the table this season. They've mm. just not been good enough. And that's not all on Maguire. And you can't just scapegoat him for that and say, Maguire's the captain, that's why United haven't won the league. Mm. It, it's far deeper than that. And again, it's maybe just another bit of a distraction away from the bigger issues at the club. Yeah, definitely. I think as a, I was actually going to uh, kind of touch on that myself, but you've kind of smashed that one out of the park there. I do think like, maybe my main worry with Maguire is that maybe, as we said, the Euros and the World Cup beforehand, which he was very good in as well, might be that he suits the back three better, which obviously United have tried in fits and starts and it's never really worked. Um, but that might be the case. I know he maybe feels a bit more free with England. The pressure isn't quite as high. So hopefully he kind of... Um, you know, gets back to form as soon as possible because United certainly need a good partnership, which they've been trying to get for years now. And, and Samuel, I'm going to come to a question which you may answer with one word as well. But um, Ronaldo is another part of this discussion as well. And I think, as we discussed in a recent podcast, safe to say, mate, while his goals in the Champions League were absolutely crucial to them getting through, no denying that, I think it's safe to say in the Premier League at least, he hasn't had quite the impact many were hoping. I mean, his goal against Brighton on Tuesday, as I say this, I think I said as much, his goal against Brighton on Tuesday was absolutely brilliant and shows exactly the quality he does have. But I saw, saw Jamie Carragher write a piece the other day and he was saying that it was a mistake to sign him in the first place and they should get rid of him in the summer, basically. Um, again, you may just say no to that, but do you think Ronaldo goes in the summer or should he stay? You know, I know as a new manager, he'll change things how he plays, but... Do you think there's a kind of debate to be had there? Because is his it, kind of off-field problems, my apologies, is his off-field problems and kind of mood, there's been loads of pictures of him kind of stropping when taking a chance. Is that, is his standards of brilliance kind of bringing everyone down, I guess, because people can't quite match it at the minute? He will go if they don't qualify for the Champions League, I'd imagine. He, he won't want to stick around playing in the Europa League or, God forbid, the Europa Conference League. But I still don't buy this this theory that he's he's the problem there. If they didn't sign him, who the hell would have scored the goals this season? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a surprise whatsoever for Rangnick to say that Cavani, who was pictured in training on Thursday, is still not playing on Sunday because he's he's got he had a groin problem and now he's got a stomach problem as well. But I could have predicted that anyway because if you just look at the weather outside, it's blown a gale, it's raining. This is not weather that Edinson Cavani wants to play football in. We saw it last season. He he cried off just at the time where the weather was worsening in February. And I think he played something like once in, in eight games and then he was withdrawing from squads that he was selected in, um, which was the case with the, with the AC Milan game. And Marcus Rashford, although he had a pretty good season up until he got injured in 2019-20, he's not centre-forward, he's he's not been banging form for a, a good while now. Uh, Jamie Sancho has only recently got going, but again, he's not a centre-forward. The Mason Greenwood situation is, has been very well documented and reported. Obviously, we can't you know get into that in, in much much depth at all for, for legal reasons, but he's not, it's just not available for United at the moment. Anthony Alango is very callow still. Um, he's not had a good, good game from start to finish. He's had good halves, he's had good cameos, but he still looks a bit out of his depth at times and, and caught on his heels. And as I said with Cavani, he's too brittle. Um, he, he was crying off quite a few times last season. He, he missed a lot of games. He's missed a lot of games already this season. So they needed a goal scorer in the summer and a goal scorer was not a priority because they renewed Cavani's contract and it seemed like that the attack was was quite settled. But it was just as well that they did sign Ronaldo. Um, his, his goals in the Champions League got them through to the knockout stage. He scored important goals in the Premier League this season. He's not scored enough, but 
I'm thinking Newcastle was a winning goal, West Ham was an equaliser, Tottenham was a winning goal, Brighton was a winning goal, uh, Arsenal, that was a winner, Norwich was a winner. So he's got 15 goals in the two biggest competitions um, that United could possibly participate in. And he's only just recently turned 37. So I still really struggle to to buy this theory that that he's a problem. His, his dressing room influence is... Um, you know, the, the players think it's it's great. It's it's not great for some of the players because he is um, you know he is effectively undermining them just by his sheer presence there. But they would be worse off without him this season. Um, I, I just don't buy that. I mean, it would have it might obviously if you don't sign Ronaldo in the summer, it, the, the, you know everything changes very 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 markedly. Um, but I'm still not convinced that United would be would have been more successful this season, although Ole Gunnar Solskjaer would necessarily still be in a job. Again, Ronaldo was the guy who was practically keeping him in, in a job for a little bit longer. He got the winner at Tottenham the week after the Liverpool game. He got the winner against Atalanta after the the horror show at Leicester as well. Um, you know, there, there are some people who will just try and, you know, ram this theory down people's throats, but it just doesn't stack up, really. Um, uh, you know, the circumstances of signing him were not great. They they were all about not going for these, you know, exotic names who um, were, were maybe past their prime. And, of course, he was going to Manchester City until Sir Alex Ferguson telephoned him and then all of a sudden he ended up uh, changing course from City to United. So the circumstances were not great, and that's probably... That's probably the issue. It's the way United went about that deal. It just showed that they're not quite as switched on as they think they are, or that they told that they, that they told us they were um, two and a half years ago when they were all raving about a recruitment reboot and scouting eight hundred and four right backs and settling on that Aaron Wan-Bissaka. And given what Rich has told me today, it sounds like there'll be a bit more light shed on the the structure of the club um, over the coming over the coming days or, or tomorrow night. So again, you know, the, the short the short answer is no. They should not get rid of him. But of course, if United don't qualify for the Champions League next season, has he even played in the UEFA Cup? I'm not sure what he was doing with Sporting Lisbon in 2002-3. Um, but as far as he's concerned, his Thursday nights and his professional career are it's rest night or date night or, or whatever he wants to do on Thursday nights. It's it, those are not nights for playing games. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if United want to get into the Champions League, they have to continue winning. They got back to winning ways on Tuesday against Brighton, and then Sunday, it's a trip to Leeds. Rich, it's a long. It's been a long, long time. A lot has changed since the opening day of the season when United beat Leeds five-one. Um, how do you see this game going? Because do does Rennick stick with the same team he put against Brighton? Aside from maybe bringing in Varane, who's back into the fold, or does he, knowing of Leeds' insecurities at the back? and the way they play forward and leave lots of space in behind, does Pogba come back in to hopefully do what he did on the opening day, that sunny day back in August? Well, you said a lot has changed. Leeds United are still Leeds United. United can still score a hatful of goals if they want to. They've got this man-marking system where they're so over-reliant on just trying to focus on matching players together on the park that they're so vulnerable to runners from deep. That's why United terrorised on the opening day of the season because you had Pogba in his free role on the left. You had Bruno Fernandes who was getting in and supplementing the attack. United only had one recognised striker that day and they scored five goals. They, they could have got more as well. And, you know, I think they've got to go for a similar approach. I know that it is a derby. It is a fierce derby. I know that in his presser today, Ralph Raniak said that he wasn't too aware of how big a derby it was until a few weeks ago. He, you know, he said he was going to try to draw upon his, his experience with 
with Schalke and Borussia Dortmund of, of of dealing with it. But you know, United playing Leeds away, and this is the Leeds team who do leak goals. I wouldn't be worried at all. I know you've got to show yeah. them with some respect, but United not only need to win, they need a statement win, and they need to do so heading into this real testing spell of games. And for me, I think you've just got to make a couple of changes. Like I said, Varane was going to start in midweek anyway, so so he does come in. Maguire has to start just because you've publicly backed him. You know, you can't then drop him at the weekend. I guess the, the interesting thing will come in midfield because it makes sense that the sensible thing to do would be McTominay in the holding role, Pogba and Fernandez. But I almost wonder, do you play McTominay in the holding role, play Fred and Fernandez, and then play Pogba on the left with Sancho on the right, just because the right wing's still an issue. Sancho's in form and has been switching to the right quite a few times in game anyway. I don't think it will happen, but that's what I would do. And I think that Paul Pogba on the left against this lead side really would have another field day. Like we said, a lot can happen because it is a derby. Leeds fans be right up this. They were deprived of being able to attend the game last season and really want to compensate for that. It won't be a walk in the park, but I do think that if United can strike early and exploit a very vulnerable team, then it could become quite a comfortable day by the end of it. The first few minutes will be key, obviously. United will need to keep their heads, make sure that they can try, take the sting out of the game, try frustrate the home fans. But I don't see any reason why United can't win and win comfortably this weekend like I said you've got to give Leeds respect they've had some good results since they've come to the Premier League but both times they've been at Old Trafford they've been absolutely thrashed and I know it was a different case at Ellen Road last season but United need to be winning and winning big and, and that there is clear evidence that suggests that they can really punish this Leeds side Yeah I absolutely agree I mean Leeds aren't even in a good run of form at all they've lost 3-0 to Everton last time I lost to Newcastle um, had a good comeback draw against Aston Villa, but that Villa team against them men at one stage. It's not even a Leeds playing well to the high standard that they can do. So for me, Samuel, if if this isn't the game where Rangnick's kind of football comes to the forefront and we see exactly what he can do, so you know that forty-five minutes against Crystal Palace, but with goals in it, I think if we don't see that, then it it might end up being. I don't want to point anything on one game, of course, but. I think it'd be safe to say that we're never going to see it, maybe, if we don't see it against Leeds, because the, the situation, the, the opponents couldn't be more better suited to how Rangnick wants to play. And I tell you as well, I don't think Sancho got to play against Leeds, or if he did, he may have come on off the bench. Um, but this could be a game, again, we've seen Sancho kind of um, getting better and better in recent weeks, and the space that Leeds will leave him behind, this could be really be the day that kind of Sancho properly arrives at United, I think. I can see a big performance from him at the weekend. It's it's the battle of the hipster coaches, isn't it? The two coaches who are so renowned but have actually won bugger all between them. Um, Le- Leeds are a doddle to play against if you're tactically switched on and everyone just, just plays reasonably well. Um, I mean, Guardiola, I think, you always know a coach is not is not all that when Guardiola talks them up and overhypes them. And he tends to do that about coaches. He's absolutely pummeled time and again and he pummeled Bielsa's Bilbao side in his final game as Barcelona coach in the Copa del Rey final when Bilbao were a brilliant team. They got to the Europa League final as well that season. Um, 
and just watching Leeds on the opening day, go, going into that game, United had a lot of players undercooked. There was a lot of there was a bit of pessimism around the, the supporters as well because Brands still hadn't signed. They hadn't had much of a pre-season with the senior players. There'd been an inconsistent arrival time with a lot of players who'd been on international duty. And of course, Leeds, you know, they, they run here, there and everywhere. They're apparently one of the fittest sides. And then United just absolutely obliterated them in the game. But and, and now I'd say Leeds were probably a worse side than they were than they were then. They've yeah, there's they're enthusiastic, they run around, but they're they're not much of a threat. They do get pasted with with quite quite a lot of ease, really. I mean, Everton beat them three 0 last week, I think it was, and as you said, and Everton have not been having a good time of it. They've obviously changed manager. Uh, Leeds are flirting with disaster a little bit. I don't think they will go down, but I I imagine that the expectation at Leeds this season would have been to you know, move on up a little bit, make another progressive step in the Premier League, and they're not going to do that. And it looks like it might be Bielsa's final season there, and he's, he's clearly been brilliant for them because he achieved the holy grail of getting promoted back to the top flight, and they seem to have established themselves as a Premier League team again, even though there are a lot of shortcomings there and you know, so many chinks in the armour as well. So, I mean, I, I, I agree with Rich. I was thinking about it regarding the panel earlier that there isn't there is an awful lot of sense in playing Pogba from the left just because of how well he did against Leeds on, on the opening weekend. Um, but you would be slightly reluctant to outright move Sancho from the left. You can't really imagine him switching with Pogba. It doesn't probably work that way. It can certainly work that way if, if, if Rashford is playing on the other side. Um, but but maybe not with Pogba. And as you say, it's, it's I think the, the best advice that the United coaches or the, those who are familiar with the Leeds rivalry could impart upon the players is just play the opposition, don't play the occasion. Because as we've seen already this season, um, coming back to Harry Maguire, when Harry Maguire played at Leicester City, his former club in behind closed doors games, it was no problem whatsoever. He, he played respectably. When he went back there this season with a crowd present, he was completely unnerved and he was culpable for, I think, all four goals that, that, that Leicester scored. So that's the impact a crowd can have. It's going to be very bilious from Leeds fans. Um, you only have to look at the video of, of the stick Dean Henderson got there a couple of seasons ago, or sorry, a few years ago, I think it was. Um, I don't think he'll get away scot-free this weekend either, just because he's a substitute. And um, we even saw it on the opening weekend as well. There's there's a real nastiness to the rivalry that you don't really see even between United and Liverpool or United City these days. It is on a different scale and with Leeds, and that's mainly because Leeds and United have been kept so far apart for, for such a long time. Absolutely. Well, we'll have all the game covered and anything that should happen uh, outside and around Old Trafford and Manchester during the day, all over in the Manchester Evening News. Get all the results. I will have the game, the build-up, the action, the, uh, the reaction all on Manchester Evening News. And you can get us on Facebook at Manchester Evening News slash Manchester United and on Twitter at Man United MEN. And we'll no doubt see you all next week to discuss, hopefully, uh, United victory in the race for the top four. But until then, uh, ta-ra!